Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, July 14, 2023. There is one thing we're going to talk about today, the only thing that anybody is going to be talking about today, yesterday, and this weekend, and into Monday, is the XRP SEC ruling. I'm going to tell you about some details there. I'm going to try my best to legalize all of this. I want to give a shout out to Aaron. He knows who he is. I'm not going to give any last names or any affiliations because um, I don't think he would like that. Anyway, Aaron, thank you for the cliff notes for this. And remember, if you like this content, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you're on Spotify, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, if they have a rating, please click the five. If they have a comment section, please leave a comment and tell everybody that this is great daily news. And next week, I want you to please pay attention to your feed because I will be changing logos. I will be changing the brand. It's going to be the same show, just a different logo, different brand, different name. So we'll keep an eye open for that. And now let's talk about that case and let's try to figure out what the hell exactly happened. And is this as awesome as everybody says it is? First things first, I want to read a quote from Paul Graywell, the chief legal officer from Coinbase. He said, in quote, the relevant aspects of those XRP sales operate in the same way the majority of digital assets training operates on exchanges like Coinbase, referring to any of the coins that the SEC says were securities on Coinbase. Some people started delisting them. I'm looking at you, Robinhood, delisting Matic, basically just capitulated, preemptively gave the SEC a W. Coinbase stood their ground and said, no, 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 no. We know what we're doing. We're going to keep these on our platform until you prove yourself. And Coinbase stood their ground and they're saying, hey, you see what happened to XRP? Maybe these other coins are just the same way. SEC, maybe you're overreaching. Speaking of the SEC overreaching, Representative Richie Torres, he's a representative from the Bronx in New York. He said, at the SEC Gov, he's tweeting directly at the SEC. The SEC is acting like an overzealous traffic cop arbitrarily ticketing drivers while keeping the speed limits a secret. It prefers to communicate by enforcement rather than rules or guidance. But that's no way to regulate digital assets. I'm calling for an investigation on the SEC, he's implying, and Gary Ginsler. And this is coming from a Democrat, Richie Torres. 
What the hell happened yesterday? Cats sleeping with dogs. Everything flipped on top of its head. Okay, so I have two things I'm going to read for you today. Number one is the cliff notes from Aaron on the verdict. Then I'll have some comments from Eric Voorhees. Then number two, I'm going to read a tweet from Gabriel Shapiro. And basically, he's going to summarize how he interprets this verdict. Okay, so let's go into this first before we get into this verdict. I need to tell you what the Howie test is. The Howie test has four prongs. It is an investment of money in a common enterprise with expectations of profit to be derived by the efforts of others. Okay, so let's start this case with some facts of what's happening. The sales in which the buyers bought XRP directly from Ripple were sales of securities. This is what they claim. And the amount is alleged at $728 million. The Ripple's institutional sales of XRP constituted the unregistered offer of sales of investment contracts in violation of Section 5 of the Securities Act. So these are the claims in the lawsuit. However, on the verdict in page 25, the court concludes that Ripple's programmatic sales of XRP do not constitute the offer of sale of an investment contract. I'll explain a little bit what that means later in the show. Another verdict on page 27 from the ruling says that having considered the economic reality, this is from Judge Torres, the judge that was overseeing this case, having considered the economic reality and totality of the circumstances, the court concludes that Ripple's other distributions did not constitute the offer of a sale of investment contracts. Now, in terms of the individual defendants, Garlinghouse and Larson, who are the CEOs and founders of Ripple, evidence that Larson and Garlinghouse did not know that Ripple's institutional sales of XRP satisfied the Howey Common Enterprise element because they did not believe that the proceeds from the sales were pooled and understood that Ripple did not manage, operate, or control the XRP ledger or the broader XRP ecosystem. And so what that means is that the Common Enterprise, which is Ripple, had no direct contact with XRP and the ledger and the broader ecosystem. So if you're buying XRP, that money is not going, or the price of XRP is not based on the efforts of Ripple. And people who are buying into XRP had no way to even give the money or they didn't have no way to transfer value between the two enterprises because the ledger in the broader ecosystem of XRP stands alone. The judge said, based on the disputed facts in the record, therefore, a reasonable juror could not find that Larson and Garlinghouse did not know or recklessly disregarded Ripple's Section 5 violations. Now, in regard to the XRP sales, it is not logically possible that any singular XRP token is inherently a security. And the judge said this on page 23, having considered the economic reality of the programmatic sales, the court concludes that the undisputed record does not establish the third Howie prong, expectation of profit. Whereas the institutional buyers reasonably expected that Ripple would use the capital it received from the sales to improve the XRP ecosystem and thereby increase the price of XRP, programmatic buyers could not reasonably expect the same. Ripple's programmatic sales were blind bid-ass transactions and programmatic buyers could not have known that their payments of the money went to Ripple or any other seller of XRP. This is what I said earlier. If you are buying and selling XRP on an exchange, there's no way that you would think that it was going to Ripple. And there is no way that Ripple, the CEOs, Garlinghouse, Larson, were working in a way to pump XRP's price. And here's some facts. Since 2017, Ripple's programmatic sales represented less than 1% of the global XRP trading volume. Therefore, the vast majority of individuals who purchased XRP from digital asset exchanges did not invest their money into Ripple at all. An institutional buyer knowingly purchased XRP directly from Ripple pursuant to a contract but the economic reality is that programmatic buyers stood in the same shoes as secondary market purchasers who did not know to whom or what it was paying its money. Okay, so Eric Voorhees then tweeted this. The XRP case today suggests that a project can do an ICO. 
so as long as it sells the tokens publicly on an open exchange at the same time that other holders can also sell on the same terms. It sounds reasonable, transparent pricing, equal access by all parties, no secret details. And Eric Voorhees, I think this might be a stretch, but does this mean that ICOs are legal? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so if this is 10 minutes into the podcast and you are confused, don't worry, I am too. That's why I searched the internet for Gabriel Shapiro's kind of interpretation of all of this. By the way, he goes by at Lex underscore node on Twitter. And the way that he was looking at this makes it actually clearer for me. So let me read this for you. An investment contract is a contract. Investments contracts can be express contracts that are entered into invest in something. This is the classic kind of blue sky investment contract Ripple talked about in its points and authorities. The 1933 Act and Howey jurisprudence created a new way investment contracts can exist. They can be deemed to exist in a matter of law when the policy interests of the 33 Act so require. When the Howey test is satisfied, such policy concerns are implicated, and therefore an investment contract exists as a matter of law. Ripple's theory was different. Ripple's theory was that there must be, as it were, a predicate contract, a non-investment contract, in order for an investment contract to be deemed to exist under the Howey. Ripple argued that the predicate contract is not an investment contract, but is an essential element of deeming an investment contract to exist. Torres, the judge, essentially rejected Ripple's theory, or rather, deemed it irrelevant because every circumstances where she found the Howey test to be satisfied, there was a predicate contract, coincidentally, as it were, not as Ripple argued, basically saying that Ripple is wrong here. The reason why Torres found that centralized exchange sales and partner employees were not investment contracts is not because they lacked predicate contracts, as Ripple stated, it is because the Howey test was not satisfied by the objective circumstances of those transactions. Basically, the judge is dismissing what Ripple is claiming and actually applying the Howey test, going like, does the Howey test really apply in this case? So, Ripple, you're wrong. However, you're right for different reasons. But wait, let's see what Torres, Judge Torres says. Judge Torres did not find an investment contract to exist between Ripple and the centralized exchange buyers because the third element of the Howey test was not satisfied. XRP buyers in those transactions could not reasonably expect Ripple's entrepreneurial efforts vis-a-vis their investment of money, and therefore no investment contract is implied under the Howey. Those XRP buyers could not expect Ripple's efforts from their investment of money because they did not know it was Ripple they were giving their money to. Not because of some lack of predicate contract between them and Ripple. Naturally, the fact that they did not know they were dealing with Ripple also incidentally means they were not forming a predicate contract with Ripple. But that is a side effect, not the reason why Howie fails to be met. 
Judge Torres did not find the investment contract to exist between Ripple and his employees and commercial partners because the employees and partners did not make an investment of money and therefore the Howey test was not satisfied. In neither of these fact patterns did Judge Torres find a lack of predicate contract is what caused the Howey test not to be satisfied. She stuck with the Howey test and simply measured its prongs against the facts. So Ripple is saying lack of predicate contract, Judge Torres says doesn't even matter, let's apply the Howey test, didn't fit. Okay, so here's the legally controversial part according to Gabriel Shapiro. He says that in Judge Torres' opinion about the centralized exchanges in his interpretation, Gabriel's interpretation, is tying together the efforts and the money invested in, the, in a way that has not been done before, as far as he knows. She implicitly is saying that what you must expect are not entrepreneurial efforts in general, but more precisely, efforts by the recipient of the money to use the money you invested in pursuit of the entrepreneurial efforts. This is a reasonable twist on the Howie but does indeed seem like a twist, and thus potentially controversial. It is different than both how the SEC and Ripple were thinking about the Howey test. Basically, the judge went off on her own, and she said, hey, and let me repeat this again because this is interesting. She implicitly is saying that what you must expect are not entrepreneurial efforts in general. She's basically saying that just because you're working hard to do something doesn't mean that the Kahneman enterprise applies here. More precisely, efforts by the recipient of the money to use the money you invested in pursuit of those efforts. Meaning that, okay, I'm being busy, I'm working hard, doesn't mean that it's a common enterprise because you're putting money into something. I need to use that money that you put into it for those efforts to get you rich. And that's very interesting. Gabriel Shapiro's analysis continues. The legally controversial part of Torres' opinion about the employees and partners is a very, very narrow reading of the investment of money. But it could just be that the SEC did not plead enough quid pro quo by the employees and partners for receiving the XRP. Here is Gabriel Sapiro's conclusion. He says, overall, the reason of the opinion I think is debatable. But on the specific interpretation I have set forth above, I think the opinion is reasonable. It's making more sense to me than it did yesterday. I think most people are mistakenly portraying this as a victory for Ripple's legal argument. But that's clearly not the case, as Judge Torres rejected that proposed essential elements construct of the Howey test and stuck with the plain language of the Howey test. Again, saying that Judge Torres read the Howey test, looked at Ripple's argument and said, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Look at the SEC's claim and said, that doesn't make sense. Let's see. Let's see what the Howey test really says. And then when she followed the money, put two and two together, Ripple is a company, XRP is a token being, being exchanged on centralized exchanges. Money is not going back and forth. What they're busy doing at Ripple is not directly affecting the XRP price because, well, hey, the money from XRP is not flowing into Ripple. And so there's no expectation from this common enterprise to make gains for the XRP buyers. Do you think it's going to hold up? And by the way, if there's any lawyers listening, please email me bookings at todayinweb3.com. We're probably going to be talking about this way into next week. Because of all of this, well, Ripple, once the moon will go to the prices in a little bit, but Binance US opened deposits for XRP, so did Kraken, Crypto.com, Coinbase, everybody's relisting XRP, and XRP went to the moon. Let's take a look at those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Are you not surprised that the fear greed index is now at 63? Hitting greed. It's a low level of greed. It's not neutral anymore, but it's a low level of greed. Now, again, I said we're going to go neutral if we get the spot ETF or if we don't. This was not expected. So um, this is kind of like my black swan to say, hey, I'm still kind of right. We have greed. Let's see how long this lasts. The time is 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin sitting at $31,220, up 2.2% in 24. Ethereum's at $1,994, up 
six percent in 24 it hit two thousand dollars yesterday drop back down let's see how we do today tether's number three xrp is at 77.2 cents up 64 percent i hope you bought i didn't binance is at 254 up 3.5 running off the top 10 we have usdc cardano solana doge matic is up 10.8 percent and litecoin who's gonna have its having here in 18 days is at $100, up only 1.1%. And in full transparency, I aped into Coinbase yesterday. Coinbase, if you haven't been paying attention to Coinbase yesterday, it went from something like low 80s to like 107 close yesterday. I aped into it. I bought it at 90 something. I'm up $10 per share already today. Actually, more like $14. Is this going to last? Who the hell knows? All I know is that people are getting excited why are they going into Coinbase? So that's what you're asking is because SEC is suing Coinbase, as we know, for having unregistered securities on their platform. Scared the hell out of everybody. Ripple won their case. A lot of these tokens on Coinbase look a lot like Ripple and are, have been launched and have been operated the same way. Are they also not securities? Remember, even a Democratic representative from the Bronx is calling on the SEC to be investigated because they're just acting like traffic cops making rules by enforcement and not guidance. It's not the way to do things. Let's see what the weekend looks like. And until Monday, happy hodling, everyone.